Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Everyone, I want to actually give a quick shout out to a couple of your community members. Gary uh, uh, convinced me that I should take my ape and give it its own persona, its own Twitter account. So I blame uh, and and give all credit to Board Becky and also Jason the Ape. Uh, um, I love it. They are the ones who told me like uh, they're they're making their own thing. But thank you. Welcome to Blockchain and Booze. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks guys. So, so real quickly for everyone watching, the one thing I got to do on my homework is that we are streaming live on not just Lunar Crush, um, but also Blockchain Radio. And if you'd like to ask questions live, if you'd like to hang out, um, there's uh, we're already into the thousands of people watching. If you want to go to meet.blockchainbooze.io, you can hop into here and uh, ask questions live. So uh, uh, we'll get questions to Gary and Noah and, and everyone else. My name is Alon Gorin. I am the host of Blockchain and Booze, but my day job is not as a host, uh, which is why I do a crappy job at it. It's uh, to invest in early stage blockchain startups with Draper Gorin Home. So I'm just a nerd for NFTs, and I got lucky into finding a job where I get to invest in companies that are helping enable them and stuff. So um, thank you guys for, for joining. Um, uh, Gary, welcome. Noah, welcome. Joe, welcome. Since we're streaming on Lunar Crush, Joe, uh, as my wingman on these shows, introduce yourself real quick, and then let's jump into uh, why we're we got Gary and Noah here, and how lucky we are uh, while while we're here. Yeah, for sure. No one wants to hear me talk, um, but yeah, Joe Vizani, CEO of Lunar Crush. We're a social listening platform for crypto, um, so we make it easy for folks to understand communities and how they grow in a space that doesn't have earnings reports, 10Ks or management. So what's the community doing? That's where you go to lunarcrush.com. So super stoked to have you guys here and glad to be able to stream it to our platform, so. Sweet, so, so okay, Gary, I, I know that, um, I, you know, I, I, I hate these things where it's like, this guy requires no introduction and then goes into like a 17 minute <laughs> introduction. But, but I will say that uh, Gary has been in my feed probably since, uh, for, for well over 10 years, I worked at MySpace back in the day. And I remember early on seeing, seeing you pop into things and say things that at the time seemed completely bonkers to everyone <laughs> other than the nerds amongst us. Like, like, you know, telling people that they could earn a living by making YouTube videos and shit like that, that just everyone would look at you and, and think it's nuts. But my son is a nine-year-old and I think the number one most uh, uh, profession that people say they want to be when they're under the age of like 12 is YouTuber. So Correct. clearly uh, yeah. you were ahead of the curve there, but, but Gary, uh, um, I would love for you in your words to say, what brought you into the blockchain space? Um, um, I think a lot of ingredients, right? I think, um, <clears throat> I think that by nature, my career was built for this moment. And I've said that a couple times in different places. I built VaynerMedia and my entire VaynerX conglomerate 
which is you know quite large, 1,500 plus people, Mexico City, London, APEC. This has been a big mission. You know, a lot of people think of me as a motivational speaker or as a caricature. You know, I've been operating for 13 years, building a very large marketing agency and, and publishing company and media conglomerate strictly to buy intellectual property and refurbish it. The reason I did the K-Swiss sneaker deal was to test my model. Um, so, and I've, you know, I've in many podcasts talk about Walt Disney and Vince McMahon. Um, and this was my opportunity, you know, I've been using Gary Vee, my per- public personality, who I am to the world, to be a gateway for a lot of my business ambitions and, and opportunities. And I view Gary Vee as a Mickey Mouse or as a Hulk Hogan, but in reality, I am far more interested and comfortable being a Vince McMahon to a Hulk Hogan or being a Walt Disney to a Mickey Mouse. And so, you know, I was in this fire storm focus on sports cards for three years leading up to March, April, May of last year, where I started seeing things in my feed because I'm a big listener about NFTs really sad I didn't execute in March of, of, you know, of that year uh, because I was really deep into trying to navigate VaynerX through COVID where we had some real issues. You know, we weren't getting paid. We were losing clients and, you know, we had to have an 80 person layoff, which crushed me. Then I decided that I was in a, you know, equally as I'm navigating this ship, I'm like, I've got to help because I can. So me and Michael Rubin, did the all in challenge and we raised $61 million to feed the hungry during COVID. So I was 18 hours a day between Boehner Media and X and the all in challenge for four months. Kind of got out of it in September. In July, I met with Roham. He talked me through NBA Top Shot. I got very excited, very, you know, cause I remember CryptoKitties that did hit my radar. I bought Ethereum in 16. I was very like in that place Big shout out Aaron Battalion who made me buy Bitcoin Ethereum back in the mid 2010s. So I'd always had some currency, but I'm not really, I don't love currency. Like I don't love buying stock. I definitely don't trade currencies or ever got excited about financial arbitrage, but collecting and assets and then more importantly, human psychology, right? I'm here for the human psychology of it. The same reason I understood and was right about YouTube is why I will be historically correct about my bullishness on NFTs and many of us here will also be, if not me singularly, but for me it will be, because I understand what it represents, which is the utility underneath it, the smart contract, the emotional signaling, right? Having Noah here is a lot of fun because he represents the new and the old world, right? Many, 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 many people for hundreds of years now have bought incredible things at Christie's, right? To put in their home, A, because they like it, but B, because they're communicating to other human beings who they are through those acquisitions. I actually believe what NFTs people buy over the next five years will be far more of an indication of who that person is than what pictures they posted on social media over the last five years. 1000%, it's it's also like a where you you put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. There is a big difference. That's exactly right, it's a huge difference. I, by the way, I had the classic conversation the other day. I really nailed my friend. My friend brought up the classic, well, I can just save this JPEG. Yeah. You, and I took a photo of me with a massive building in Manhattan behind me. And I said, I own this building. 
I actually took <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the difference. And, and so anyway, nonetheless, uh, I think collecting, storytelling, IP ownership, building, business, human psychology, social media itself, uh, who I am is built for this moment. I'm incredibly grateful to be in the prime of my career as this is emerging. I can I just comment on that. Like Gary, seeing you, like, you know, I met like Phil Toronto back in like 2014 at a Techstars event and found out what like Vayner was and followed you for a long time. and. Um, you know, it was like, I was like, at some point, Gary's going to just go just absolutely bit like bonkers over this. And it's, and it has nothing to do with, you know, the art per se, I guess it's more along the lines of like, what, like, this is finally for once, like the pendulum of power kind of goes back to the creators, right? It's just, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's just slowly moving and to be early on like the creator and betting on the person where you can now bet on thousands of individuals is insane. And what I love is the creator is now going to eliminate excuses. Too many creators blame the algorithm. They blame Facebook. They blame managers. They blame UTA. They blame, I'm sure Noah knows this. Like, let me phrase. Noah knows this way better than I do. I'm sure there's been artists through the years that have blamed the auction house. People love to blame somebody but themselves. One of my favorite things about where we're going is the level of accountability that comes along with being a creator in this ecosystem. My favorite thing going on right now is I know exactly where BeFriends is going. You know, I know that I'm willing to burn it all to the ground besides BeFriends before I let BeFriends fall because unlike everything else I have going on in my life, I have too many people that are pot committed on BeFriends. You know, all my other things are me. So if I lose, I lose. I can't I, I, afford for my consciousness, but more importantly, I'm not Mother Teresa. This is not an altruistic. I can't afford it for my reputation. I exactly. can't do anything. I've spent 15 years building a reputation. I'm not gonna, I remember when I first did be friends, seeing some people like, this is a rug pull. First of all, I was yeah. laughing because like, he, this celebrity, I'm like, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> you know, like they, you know, yeah. And I was laughing, I was like, man, if people actually understood what is gonna happen with all this, this is not a marketing campaign. This is not a JV. This is your full reputation. Like, you know, and for me, I'm betting on projects completely right now based on my feeling about the person that's operating it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, to me, it was the same thing. Like, uh, I don't know if if anybody has ever raised money for a startup, the first startup you raise money on. I remember spending probably a year longer than I should have letting the company die, for example. Well, let me, but let me tell you, you know this in startup land and Joe, you, you know, you, you're in this. People hide. Do you know how many people in their Instagram account right now say exited my company but meanwhile, it was a down round and everybody lost money and they made it yeah. no dollars yeah. in a shit company. Yeah. You guys know. You guys know. Yeah. On Instagram, you can say entrepreneur. On Instagram, you can say exited my company. My, this is so big for me personally because I want merit to be the game. And the blockchain speaks to merit. It's black and white. Like the results are going to be the results. People are launching projects. And it's there forever. It's, it's there. It's, it's there. there. It's, it's there. It's there. And so, yeah, no, startup land wasn't fair. People manipulated down rounds. They would sell companies for a penny on the dollar, but say they were executed and exit as an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. There was all sorts of bullshit. And now 
it is what it is. And like, you know, I'm incredibly passionate and proud of where vFriend sits. The data is extremely clear where it sits. And I haven't even started and I have a very huge infrastructure behind me to build this brand. And so I'm, and I'm, by the way, I'm cheap on the record. I'm cheering for every single project. I, I said this the other day. I'm fascinated by people tearing down each other's projects. You, everybody's listening. If you have a cool cat or a bored ape or a world of women or, you know, a creature like you or a curio card, you shitting on another project doesn't make your project better. Yeah, I think I, that's I, like that's a thing that people don't realize so much in almost every aspect of life. Like I've seen it with startups and people thinking of other startups as competition or this and that. Every once in a while, you meet a uh, entrepreneur who's pitching us, for example, and he'll spend the whole time, or she'll spend the whole time, shitting on the 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 other company trying to do something similar, or shitting on the current industry and and whatever, and never talking about what they do well. <laughs> and then and then I end the conversation with, you know, I still don't know what what they do and what they do well, but it makes you look bad. And in this early of an industry all boats will rise with the tide. You want everyone to be successful. You need everyone. I am, if you, you, need- are, you can't imagine how much I'm cheering for projects. Like I love this week where VFriends is in a lull, right? Big excitement, building a lot of sizzle for the huge announcement Noah and I made. Markets, markets are teaching me that like every big hype up to an announcement is being met with a lull on the back end. Too much supply, too many things. You know, yeah. all of us are learning as we go. But like, I've been really enjoying this week watching VFriends have less volume, have a lower floor, because I'm genuinely thinking about all the people that believe in me that are gonna come in. I mean, I was devastated. I've noticed a couple, this is the first time this has happened for VFriends. I'm seeing people downsell, right? And I'm like, man, like this project, like why would you have bought last week after three, four months of watching how this project was built and you bought and then you sold for less? like. You know, talk about paper hands, talk about being a day trader, talk about being here for the short term and not quote unquote, not that it's not the right reasons. I just think anybody who bought something and sold it a couple of days later for less, a lot less, I feel comfortable in saying that isn't the right reasons. Like not because I think I'm right, because I think losing on a transaction is a bad play. That means it wasn't right. Like, you know, and so it's just a very interesting time in the space. I'm enjoying it. And I'm incredibly excited that it will play out in everybody's eyes. Oh, 1000%. Well, that's where you were getting at, where there's no, there's no bullshit in this industry because it's all, it's all there for everyone to see. Um, I actually, that drives me to a question for Noah. We got we to gotta hear you. Uh, but also there's a big announcement. I want to hear your background and Christie's. I've got some questions there. But, but after, after you do a little intro, how does this differentiate the normal uh the normal selling of of art that that christie's does right like you know there's no question to the the provenance or the 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 backstory right like everything's transparent in there does it make your life way easier um you know how how different is it it's wildly different it's pretty much different in every way shape and form beginning with the the fact that the the art that i'm selling now doesn't exist you know in the way i'm used to thinking about art existing um but by the same token and that's also uh no pun intended kind of a pun yeah yeah um but by the same token there there are also very many things about this marketplace that are that are similar and and are just exaggerated or really 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 intensely accelerated 
Um, but I, I really do adore the transparency of blockchain. And that's one of the things that really pulled me into the space and, and kept me around too, right? Because after, after people and that I can kind of give my little intro feel here too, but, but, uh, it was really just one factor that, that brought me into the space. Gary, for Gary, it's a lot of factors. It's a multitude of, of factors, but for me, it's just one, it's just people. People are the reason I'm in NFTs. That's cool. Um, I've been working at Christie's for six years. And before that I was at Sotheby's for something like five years. I've only done art at auction professionally since graduating NYU. And before people, I was very broadly specialized in post-war and contemporary art, been running the online sales for the last four or five years in New York for the, the contemporary art department. And in that capacity as like Mr. Online sales guy, I was in the right place at the right time to evaluate the Beeple NFT opportunity when it came to us. And initially it was just an NFT. It was not the Beeple NFT, uh, but Maker's Place who approached us, introduced us to Beeple. And of course that was a tremendous price that kind of kicked off this entire moment that we're in. And, and ever since that sale, I've just been completely immersed in in uh in blockchain and nfts and the reason for that is because of that transparency uh I, I think i had my first real intense light bulb moment when i was researching cryptopunks and i was browsing the uh the cryptopunks uh page the larva labs website and seeing these listings you know the the, the record keeping for these punks is so fascinating because not only can you track them back to their origin you can see exactly which wallets they've taken pit stops in and how they got there and what the prices were. Uh, you can also see offers coming in in real time and where they're coming from. And that kind of blew my mind because I was thinking to myself, damn, if a website like that existed for Jean-Michel Basquiat or Andy Warhol or Pablo Picasso, those marketplaces would be completely, completely, completely different because my business um, up until the advent of, of NFTs is all built around skullduggery and cloak and dagger tactics and yeah. the the one-eyed man is king you know in the land of the blind but in in blockchain and nfts like it, there is no such thing as as a blind man like everybody is is completely everybody's got capable. two eyes yeah, yeah. everyone's got uh, you're watching got two eyes. and what's what's really extra fun about it too is that when people do stuff like gary was talking about before sell sell at a lower price than they bought or or make some move like that um it's it's kind of just 1000 percent their fault because all of the data is there in the crypto space there's things like lunar crush where you could just look and, and see the trends and see exactly how how it worked and well this and is but this is this is, more, this more, is kind yeah. of this is kind of what i was referencing with, with the whole everything is accelerated because people used people still do that in fine art and blue chip art it's just happening at a much uh more glacial kind of pace because you're at the mercy of the auctions and the the kind of ecosystem how it moves in the months at a time kind of pace but with OpenSea and 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 all of these other exchanges that exist it's all accelerated to the point where it's hours if, yeah. if that it's it's the first time anybody gets a popular nft i mean if you're uh one of the nerds amongst us you were early when OpenSea started sending the email notifications for when you get an offer the first time you started like getting those you know I have my updates tab in, in Gmail is just all day long, you know, floor offers for, for NFTs that I have. And it's, it's so much fun, but like 
there's no excuse, right? Like it's, it's all the data is there. Everything is there and you can see, you can see what's, what's, what's going on with the stuff. So, so I want to jump into Christie's really quick. The latest, um, the, the latest drop or, or Christie's sale, um, that, that, that you're doing with, with Gary. Um, I'd love to hear more about it. I joked with the community. I apologize to the, to the apes. I was going to wear a suit today, but it's just so damn hot in this office. I was going to suit up, uh, uh, wear the tie and everything. The oh, for Christie's. Yeah, suit. the suit up for Christie's. I like that. I was going to suit up for Christie's, but I wussed out because it's just so damn hot with my <laughs> office clothes. There's, kids are making loud well, there's more people watching now, Alon. Maybe we can replay the be the video from the beginning just real quick. No, <laughs> no, that's too long. Too, too long. Oh, wait, wait. One quick thing I will do. I want to give a shout out to Reaper for making killer art for my, for my ape. And uh, and also congratulate uh, Punk Apestrong for making the cover of Boring Stone magazine. So uh, <laughs> there you go, everyone. Uh, by the way, uh, Reaper NFT made all, all the art. He's a rock star. So so give him some love. Um, I've never sold other than one for auction uh, a Punk Apestrong NFT. It's all for fun and learning and and good times. Um, so, uh, appreciate the whole community for, for goofing around with us, but tell us about the, the drops right now. I know that there's, there's a few things going on with the original V friend art, but also some curio cards. So, uh, tell, tell, tell the whole crew about that. So there's a, there's actually a lot of stuff happening, uh, in media res right now, uh, out of Hong Kong, we're running an auction called no time like present. Uh, which is a single owner sale. So the, the Hong Kong based actor, Sean Yu is selling a bunch of stuff from his personal collection, which includes a fantastic George Kondo painting and an amazing watch. Um, and I know nothing about watches, but I'm told it's an amazing watch, <laughs> um, as well as some really top tier profile picture, uh, NFTs. There is a zombie crypto punk that's got top billing. It's probably going to be the top lot in the sale, bunch of five attribute punks. Uh, a couple of board apes all wearing suits, which is the, that's the origin of the whole suit up for Christie's thing, suits on for Christie's thing. It started in the board apes discord. So shout out Herb from, from board apes and anybody else from the board apes community. Love you guys. Um, there's also me too, suited me bits in the, in the sale. So that's selling right now. There's six days left in the bidding. Um, we'll start to pick up steam probably in the last 24 hours. And then the next sale that we're doing is Friday in New York. Uh, we have October 1st, post-war to presence. Um, there are a couple of NFTs in the sale, um, which are historic uh, in that we are going to be taking the bids in Ethereum, live in Ethereum. This is a live auction with an auctioneer, with the gavel and everything. Um, there will be specialists in the room bidding on the phone and probably no audience because it's still COVID here. Um, which is too bad, but the auctioneer will be taking bids live in Ethereum. First lot of the sale will be Curio cards at the full set of 30 plus the misprint 17B. Uh, really excited about that. Holy grail of, of art on Ethereum. He's the first uh, de facto first art project on the Ethereum blockchain. And then lot, the second lot, 1Y, it's 1X and then 1Y. 1Y is Art Blocks curated uh, full sets, one, two, and three from the private collection of Mr. Barcella in, uh, in, in Canada. Um, so we're lucky to have those two, but then in the general sale, the Gen Pop sale, where we have the IRL-based art, uh, Gary was kind enough to trust me 
with five of the original drawings for V friends. So not not technically speaking NFTs, but definitely important artifacts from the early history of this burgeoning the, movement. The actual drawings that you then turned into uh that's pretty awesome. Yeah, these not, are the, they're, not, they're, not they're only that, drawings. I'm literally I'm literally sitting in the spot where I did the alpha 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 V friends. Uh -huh. Literally the night in early February where I would I gotta find the tweet where I drew the first kind of character and put it out there and just had a little hmm, because I already knew where I was going with it. And I my original art is actually authenticated by PSA, the sports card company all the original drawings because I needed to get them protected and clamped. Um, and when I submitted them, I also submitted some of the original index cards. Um, and the one I submitted to Christie's is the empathetic elephant. When I, when I, you know, um, when I made the friends official, it's empathy elephant. I changed the context a little. Uh, and the empathy elephant is one of the single most expensive V friend characters kind of, a core two or three character. Some really, you know, it's funny, back to my, I, I'm in this very weird spot. I'm pretty convinced in the next 45 years that I'm gonna make Empathy Elephant as important as Buzz Lightyear or Woody or, or Yoda or Raggedy Ann or Optimus Prime or, you know, uh, Pikachu. Like I'm really focused on this intellectual property build. And, and to be very frank, it's just too early for that piece of art to command the price at the auction that I actually think long-term it will be. Because not only are there the, only, the original drawings and then that's it, um, these are like the alpha of it. So, you know, cut, there's that Boba Fett prototype action figure that I've always wanted to buy from Star Wars. It wasn't even the actual one, it was the prototype. And I, I actually, pretty much up until Noah showed up in my, apartment to grab them, I pretty much wasn't even gonna tell them, tell him or Chrissy that it existed. And I, uh, and at the last second, I'm like, you know, this is a profound moment. And similar to the way I dropped V-Friends, I said, you know, I always knew when I dropped V-Friends that they were grossly underpriced. I really believe that. I believed it, I believe it today. And I was like, it's really cool that whoever believed in me is actually gonna benefit if they hold on to it and do paper hands. I, that's what ultimately pushed me over the edge with that single piece of the five. I said, you know what? Somebody's gonna buy this. It's probably gonna go for more than the B-Friend stuff went for, but somebody's really gonna make out once they really understand what it is. So I'm excited about that part of the auction personally. I think that there's with every collector, everybody that collects certain things, there's always the the really exciting stuff, right? Like if you're a comic book collector, there's there's ways of getting like you know, the hand sketches of certain pages and things like that. Or if you're into movies, like talk about Disney movies and stuff, you mentioned Disney stuff before, like you can get like back in the day when they were actually doing those cells, like the clear sheets, like with like the, the drawings and stuff and, or baseball cards. My brother was into baseball cards. I was into comic cards, but we had an uncle that owned toy stores and somehow got us an uncut sheet of baseball cards. It was like the most epic thing we owned. We still have it at my parents' house framed on the wall, right? It's like, it's the, it's, it's so cool to get that stuff. And I think that that's where the backstory is going to happen. And we're so early in this industry that, that I, I, I totally think you're right. And 
I, I tell this story, this this little tidbit a lot, but my my son uh, to the community, uh, our community at least, my son did a thing with me over quarantine, and he he created a collection called Poopoo.eth, and he was super into it, and he made a membership card, and this is I like own some period, of that. Right? He's already like over <laughs> it, right? So so it's, it's, it's it's nuts, but but he had a little following, a few hundred people got his membership token. He was goofing around, having fun, but he doesn't see an NFT on a, either my phone or on our computer as anything different than his like Pokemon cards in real life. To him, 100%. digital is not different. It's absolutely how, not. How about, how about this? That's how, that's how I feel right now too as an old man compared to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, cool. I would even argue, I would even argue that digital is better. I honestly, I, I, I think that there is so much that is cumbersome and annoying and tedious about stuff and I think most people, most young people definitely would agree with that. I mean, it just, you can't, you can't leave your Picasso leaning on the wall and go drop everything and, and travel the world. Like that is a responsibility. And uh, I think that, that people are, are slowly but surely getting very turned off by that idea. Well, you also have to imagine, you know, I was talking with an awesome company called realm.art and it, they're creating oh. this cool metaverse that people can create microverses, but you know, the JPEG, right? Which, uh, you know, sure. How many JPEGs sell for $20 million? Zero, right? So that JPEG though think, will be, but think about this, Garrett. It's, it's, I'm so with there's going to be an, there's going to be a next level to this what? where they can turn your one thing that you have into this, like they're showing us like AR where it's like, you're stepping into this universe. So what's, brother, what's stopping brother, anyone quick, else from real changing quick, that? Real quick. Yeah. Of course, it's a, you're the central bank. I can decide tomorrow that every VFriend holder gets an equity piece of VaynerX. Yeah. I and could, that's what I, I totally. could like, like it's an incredible utility, comma. Let's take a step back. Noah, help me here, ready? I read, when I was deep into sports cards last summer and because I kind of saw some stuff with NFTs, I read, I read Boom and I never read books. I started reading Boom because I wanted the historical context, at least a lightweight, not deep, like Noah, like not like real people, but just needed a framework. I didn't need Boom to know what I'm about to say. Jackson Pollock throws paint. Like the thought that when people say, why would a JPEG be worth something? But everybody in society has accepted that a painting is worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah. That... Uh, somebody said to me, Gary, you're squiggly, your little doodles, my daughter can do that. I'm like, and I can make a Jackson Pollock. I'm gonna right. go get 12 fucking colors of paint. I'm gonna do this shit and be like, here to, like people are fascinated with the why not instead of the maybe. Yeah, I don't even need a yes. The maybe. But, people told yeah. me nobody would buy wine on the internet people told me twitter was stupid who cares if you have a pizza <laughs> people told me pull me told me tiktok stupid musically stupid snapchat stupid stupid so everything's stupid and then you're a visionary yeah and I, I haven't worked in this space now seven years i've done almost 80 interviews with different founders in the space from polygon to avalanche like everyone and you start to realize what would happen if every single person that had anything to do with nike or owned a nike stock was now seen upside with anything that they did, right? Rights and access to anything that they had to be a part of. They're creating art, they're creating everybody, everybody graphic thought Nike, design. Everybody yeah. thought Nike was stupid. People thought a sneaker that was branded, like, like 
everybody thinks everything great was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the thing, the thing that's not cool. It's it, it really is. Well, every new every every new sort of paradigm shift, right? Is is there's a certain amount of people, and everything that's that's brilliant is is a little bit insane at the beginning when you're thinking about it. But but what everyone well, real is quick, real quick, although I apologize. Yeah, go. Somebody in the sections goes. The SEC is going to shut down NFTs, though, right? Even if true, even if true, I'm not a buyer of that statement. But even if true. The learnings that I've made in the last nine months, if everyone, theory went to zero, be friends with this, if the learnings are more valuable than going into comment section and saying the SEC is going to shut it down. Like people are, need to get out of darkness, need to get out of no, need to get out of thinking their thing is better, need to get out of envy, need to get out of like, it, it's unbelievable the human psyche and it is playing out in this space in the bright lights right yeah, now. If you're focused on that, you're focused on the wrong thing and, and you're not focused on the innovation. You're not focused on why it's changing and where it's going. This is a global industry. I mean, we're, you know, we're in a top 20,000 website in the world now, right? Well, think, 70% think, of those people are not from the United States. This is a global phenomenon and it's happening everywhere and it's, it's multilingual. When, it's young. It's very young. And it's yeah, happening we, way faster. I mean, look, Christie's, NFTs, like how, Gary, how long before like paid ads on Google did like, you know, IBM or some of these large companies, was that a, like years of time before they started to understand it? NFTs, you're there. Now everyone's on it within like three months. The thing that's tough about this is that this is the closest thing I've seen since web internet stocks in 95. This is internet big. This is internet big, right? Yeah. And so, and so, the reason you see a lot of that snap, which is different than things we've seen for the last 15 years, yeah. is people are going after the money. Let there be yeah. no confusion. A stunning percentage of the people that are watching this are here for one reason. I buy something for 0.08, I mint it, and I sell it for 37, like I buy for 400, I sell for 3,000. By the way, all of that's fine. I'm, I'm a businessman, I like it all. The behavior is too focused on that, which always lends itself to a flushing out, right? The problem is the macro technology and human behavior is all time. So, so it's interesting, the nuance to why people are quick to it, and I can't speak for Chrissy, I'm just talking in general. All these celebrities, why I'm getting hit up every 40 seconds by people that I think are the coolest that I've never talked to, is because people are very intrigued by the speed in which the wealth creation can happen. Yeah. That is always historically bad. The gold rush, a lot of people lost a ton of money, but it didn't mean that gold wasn't good. Gold turned out to be good. The internet stock thing, pets.com, all those things, April 2000, every stock went to zero. But guess what? Sitting there was $8 a share Amazon before it slipped, split 40 times, right? So that's how I see this moment right now. People are learning. Everybody's watching. You need to be educated. Don't buy an NFT because somebody else bought it or somebody has a hot tip. It's like all that behavior. We'll go through that cycle. But to your point, and I think the reason Christie's will, will look very good at this, I think it's, you know, Noah's such a young guy. I think Noah, this is gonna be a byline for him in perpetuity is everybody who's watching right now, us, this will end up being true. This will play out. This will work. I know this because I've been in these moments two other times in my career already. Web 1.0, the dot-com thing was real. It's not a fad. Everybody told me the government was gonna shut that down, that it was a fad, that they were beanie babies. 
social media. Everybody told me it was the stupidest thing. People thought I lost my mind when I started doing wine videos on YouTube. Back to what you were saying, AG. Like, Here's that. you know, people really didn't get it. People thought it was a passing fad. It is the infrastructure for geopolitical change in our society. Like we've already seen it in crypto 2017. This has already happened and everyone's already said this. It's just everyone's so new to the game. But I, I, like I'm like when you talk about financial versus, you know, creator, it's it's fun to see cuz being in this space for a long time, it's fun to see people coming in for something outside of, hey, just buy a little bit of bitcoin and then you can kind of see what oh, happens. Right. That sounds right. like the most fucking boring thing Ready? I've ever Another heard. Another comment. Aren't you worried about regulation of NFTs and crypto being deemed securities? I'm not scared of anything oh. as long as there's rules. Yeah. You know what? That's their thing. No, they're not creating. They're not creating rules, and what they're doing is they're actually hurting the good actors. So I'll go on the soapbox for one second from the standpoint of the, watching the SEC screw with too many people I love. So what's going on is that when they create rules, it doesn't stop the bad actors from doing their bad shit. But when there are no rules, it stops the good people from doing good shit. And so when you when you leave it open ended like this, and too many people tweeting you know, what's going to happen to NFTs and scaring people from doing what's going to change their life. Don't spend money you don't have, but buy an NFT. Goof around with this stuff because you'll be the first person in line to get a job if you need a job in five or 10 years because you'll know this shit. And the problem with the SEC sitting on their hands and not giving- I, I don't think, guidance, I don't think, I think people, I apologize for jumping yeah. in. I would move out of America if I wanted to or had to. Like, I don't think people understand what we're talking about. This is the first industry, though, where people are actually doing it. I get pitches from Americans every day, and I go, hey, where are you? In the Midwest? You have the accent, whatever. He's like, no, I'm in Thailand. I'm in Singapore. I'm in Europe. Because the world is smaller than ever before. It's easy to travel. The, the quality of life is not as different as it used to be in every country. And Americans are, for the first, you know, my whole life, like everybody's whole life, everybody's like, yeah, man, if this person's elected, I'm leaving the country. I'm going to Canada. Nobody's leaving shit. Everybody's <laughs> And by the way, by the way, there'll be no, there's no, there's, there's no moving in my future because America at the end of the day is always going to adjust to the reality situation, including, by the way, we used to not allow alcohol in America. We amended it. There, there's no scenario. Like if, if the U S blew it, like massively blew it and suppressed innovation, here's what will happen the most remarkable thinkers in this country will move. As they move, the country will adjust. You're only as good as your talent. This country became the country it became because the best talent came here because they were pushed out of all the other places. So, you know, everyone's just so no culture. And we're going very heady here. I think the bigger, yeah. thing, I think the bigger thing to talk about to bring it down a notch is, are the people who are watching or will watch us later are you putting in the hours of homework required to actually have a fruitful experience in this world? You know, I spent so many hours before I bought, I mean, I probably spent, and I'm really busy, so this is a real number for me. I probably spent 25 to 40 hours just on CryptoPunks before I bought my 59 CryptoPunks, right? Yeah. You know, that, like, you know, that's a big investment. You know, obviously there were a different price point in February when I bought them than they are now. But I put in a ton of time before I bought one. And then, but I did a, so much homework and it's so obvious to me, I bought more than one, right? And I think that's the key. Everyone's just chasing for a quick flipperoo. You've got to do real homework because real homework leads to conviction that leads to decisions like that. 
I think that that too many. Well, it, we see it in crypto. It's it's this hype thing. It happens all the time. We've seen it in every cycle, and and I joked about it. Right? We've been doing LA Blockchain Summit, our conference, for I think it's like seven or eight years now. I think this next one is number eight or number nine. Right? And we've been doing it for a long time. We did it because we're a bunch of nerds for the space and and wanted to make a free event for everyone and all this stuff. But you know how many like cycles. Like, I don't know if everyone remembers right before the 2017 craziness, it was the same people who who came for crowdfunding back in the day, who came for cannabis started startups that were just like, hey, this is free money from, falling from the sky. And all of these trends came in and people wanted to park their Lambos on our expo floor and we'd ask them what <laughs> the Lambo does or why it's relevant. And they'd be like, it's a Lambo. It's cool. And I go, okay, I respect that. But this is a crypto conference. I, hate like, I, I, I fucking hate Lambo. I, so I do too. I I'm, but I'm a guy who hates watches. I hate all those kind of like those flexes, except for NFT. Stuff. You don't like stuff. See, it's the stuff thing that that you don't it's, like. It is. It is. But but what we've learned though is that the markets correct themselves. Every with every bubble. We know if we believe in this and the cycle is faster each time, it's like when Amazon was selling books, like my, my job, like this is the weird trajectory I, I was in. I was at MySpace and right before the downfall and the craziness of MySpace, when it was the most traffic website on the internet, I got a job at Amazon. And this is, is like, so I just got kind of lucky from company to company in that like things were blowing up. But the cycle at Amazon was that People were like, you're not going to sell other things other than books and maybe movies on the I internet. Remember. And then it changed. And when I was there, they were doing this thing called Amazon Video On Demand. And people thought it was the stupidest thing in the world that anyone would watch a full-length movie on a computer. Like, why would anyone stream a movie? The quality sucks. And that was like eight or nine years ago. That wasn't that long ago. And cut to today, where one, we're live streaming something with four dudes in four different cities in four different states uh, uh, across the world with thousands of people watching right now. And we watch every single thing we watch on the internet. Like, even our regular TV powers through the internet, right? And so the cycles happen so fast that three, four years ago when the 2017 craziness blew up, all the looky-loos went away. It was a bubble, but guess what? That, that industry as a whole is gonna be exponentially larger in the years to come. It's not, it, it might be a short-term bubble. And that might too. But, and depending on the community, but the communities live on if they're strong enough. And I think that's what's discounted in all of this. It. Is, this is so clear. And for everybody who's watching, it's a game of self-awareness of where do you play in it. Not everybody's meant to be a collector and trader of NFTs. Not everybody should be a day trader of NFTs like a pranksy. Other people should be long-term. Not everybody should have a startup in NFTs. Some should be executives. Some people are good at PR love PR, love this space, they shouldn't become designers of a PFP. They should be a PR company for companies. In, like people lose their minds and their ways when there's things like this. This is a game of knowing who you are. I knew, for example, for me, I knew that I learned the Web 1.0 and Web 2.0 by doing. I didn't even own a computer when I launched winelibrary.com for my dad's business. This is real now. This may sound crazy, you guys are youngsters. I didn't own a computer. I did not own a computer. I launched winelibrary.com because I don't learn in school, I learn in the dirt. Here comes YouTube and Twitter. I had ne I'm 30 years old, I'm a businessman. I'd never been a public figure. I, nobody knew who the hell I was. I never wanted to move to LA and make it. What did I do? I started Wine Library TV. I was gonna make a show on YouTube. I was gonna use Twitter to promote the show. 
I changed my behavior. Here comes NFTs. What do I do? I say to myself, you know, I do doodle. I doodle. I like doodling. Doodling's art. Like I can do this. Remember when people talked about providence? We're not talking about that word anymore too much here. Uh, That was the big word only a year ago, right? I said it was important to me to not hire a great designer to make V friends. I was gonna draw it. It had to be my DNA. It was my Mickey Mouse. It was mine. It was important to me. I don't care that everybody thinks it doesn't look good or it does look good. I need it to be mine. And I knew that the only way I would really understand NFTs the way I wanted to was to do my own project. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? The, the, you know, the having five, five, my favorite number, this big moment, not launch. Web3 wasn't ready. We weren't ready. Pushing it a week. Having it go, mainly hit the floor because of MetaMask issue. Gas looked like it was $30,000. Boom. Next, selling most of my NFTs for $4,000 and then having Ethereum crash on me. So I lost all my profits because I didn't exchange the Ethereum and I have a tax liability. Like, Going through the wars is what has been me. Yeah, I, I like because you're Gary going back to kind of like the mantra of like double down on what you're good at, right? Like I know you always say that, but it's the industry has matured enough to where you know all you're doing is someone coming into the space is you're just taking a risk on what you're good at, but going into an industry that maybe seems risky, but in reality is just not. And you're going to learn more in six months being in this industry as someone that's 22 than you're going to learn in 10 years going to work for one of these large tech companies, period. And if you try and actually put in the work, then you're going to figure it out. It's going to happen. And so it's, you know, if you're thinking or having, you know, some of your friends are working in the industry, like you're saying, like we're like, you know, I'm not a collector, but yeah, I've got 50 unopened packets of tops baseball cards from yeah, 87 to 89 in my backyard. What we call a collector. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, but that's, that's to the extent, but I'm not, like I, I don't find like I'm not a great artist or whatnot, but I'm building a company in this space because I believe in the paradigm shift that's happening in this industry. And so go find your fit. That's all that it takes. You don't need to ape into the one thing that's happening. Dude, um, uh, one billion percent agree. Can I ask Noah a question real quick? You may. Yeah, ask Noah a question. Oh, you got to do something? People, just jump in there. You can ask questions for Noah. Um, and for Gary at meet.blockchainboost.io and vote on your favorite questions there. I'll, we'll do a quick power Noah, round and going through some of those questions. Uh, Noah, go, what's, go, Gary. what's your net net, net net? People at Christie's, collectors, people you know, you're obviously in this industry, so you know a lot of people. Like the net net of the temperament of people that were in the classic art world, the contemporary art world, do you think they've moved more positive or more negative towards NFTs since March? Let's do that. Since March, would you say the collective pre-establishment, the art world that you knew, loved, understood, just a year ago, pre all this stuff, do you believe since March of 2021 that they've opened up more, view, do they view NFTs more positively or more negatively than they did in March? That's a, I mean, it's a great question. I think the people who viewed them negatively in March still view them vehemently negatively. Uh, and the people who were ambivalent about it are probably even a little bit more towards being positive and maybe even entering the space too. I know that there are a couple of major collections who are, are poised to dive in in a really serious and significant way and who haven't made their first purchases yet. And certainly not ready to do that in in March when Beagle sold and it was just this kind of 
shot across the bow um, moments. For for a lot of people in the art world, it was horrifying. It was it was the end of days. You know, this is the Antichrist that just sold for seventy million dollars at auction. And those people are are there's no hope for them. They're they're not going to come around to NFTs. It's it's the emperor has do no you think, clothes. Do you, do you think that's financially motivated because they have big positioning in classic art? they're worried that it's going to decrease in value, thus their narrative. Because I've always been the kind of person that would rather put myself out of business than have somebody else do it. So if I'm sitting financially on something, if I think the world has changed, I adjust. I mean, we built a massive, beautiful wine store, you know, put a lot of money into box retail. And I told my dad, I'm putting all my efforts on .com. I don't, and he's like, we just spent all this money in the store. I'm like, Panic. I don't care. The customer is yeah. going to do what the customer is going to do. Well, you I, think that's what's happening? I think actually, I think for for a lot of people, um, the it, it it has to do mostly with aesthetics. The aesthetic of, of people's work is so out of step with their highfalutin, high minded, twenty first century, post 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 modernist but kind of but thing. Aren't, but aren't but aren't but but they got over contemporary art. Most of them, right? Like like a banana taped in duct tape or a toilet bowl or what Tom yeah, Sachs but, does. I mean, plenty, plenty of those people also do not like Maurizio Catalan. I'm talking about like- and the, they, can, the, can those people accept that they're wrong because others do? Um, you know, or are everybody. they too audacious? Because to me, the thought that I'm right about anything is ludicrous. Well, there's a lot of pretty self-aware art world. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of conviction in the art world. I think at, most people in the art world think that they're right about everything. Um, no, a question worse. for you. What about, <laughs> yeah. what about, are there any folks that were just adamantly like, no, I'm not, I don't want anything, but now have bought something or have started to inquire a little bit more? Like, is, is the overall sentiment moving a little bit for some people? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. definitely. I mean, we've, yeah. we've definitely seen people enter the space who I never thought would have. And I was surprised to see when when the time came around. Uh, for example, uh, we've we've done uh, a handful of sales. Really, we're really still at the very beginning of all of this. But the first yeah. sale that we did, the first NFT drop that we did, that attracted people from the old guard, blue chip, fine art world, uh, was Andy Warhol. And with the Andy Warhol sale, we had five NFTs on offer, and three of the five went to people who I would regard as like you know old guard uh known collectors whereas with people we had almost 50 bidders and only three of those bidders were previously known to christie's so a very different dynamic um where we invited people from our established audience to participate it took them forever to just create their wallets a lot of these tokens haven't even yeah. moved because they're afraid to make a wallet you know it's a it's a big leap we got right? we got a lot of ux to um, work on in this space. You guys do you guys charge for custody N well hold on let's go back for a second <laughs> Because the, the point New here business. is that when, when finally we transferred one of these tokens into a wallet, brand new wallet uh, of, of one of the old guard collectors who, who transacted in the sale, there were a bunch of NFTs already in there when the Warhol arrived. You know, we got the wallet address, we sent the, 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 the token, and lo and behold, here are all of these NFTs that they've gotten in the interim, you know, in the, gotcha. the, the ensuing like, month. That. Yeah. So... That it's, it, there's something going on. There's something going on for sure. And I think we're definitely only at the very beginning of it. Well, I think I think that, that goes to what Gary was saying about when you do research, when you're uh, uh, a um, serious collector or going to participate in something, 
you know, um, I've, I've talked about this in the past. I bought one ape, uh, one of the, um, uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, uh, the hustle house, Jason, the ape told me, he kept bugging me, buy an ape, buy an ape, buy an ape. And I kept watching it go up in price. And I just loved the community. They were coming to our events and I was getting to meet everyone. I met Fort Becky and everyone. I bought an ape. And then I instantly, after doing all the research and deciding I was going to buy one, I knew, I instantly knew I made a mistake for only buying one. And, and then I kept watching the price go up and I kept going, I got to buy another one. I got to buy three or four more. And I just never did. And yeah. now I've got my one and I'm going to hold it probably forever <laughs> because that's who I am. Um, but, you know, it's, it is, though, I think that people who have experience in this aren't going to just go buy one. Like once you do convince somebody to go over the edge um, who is a serious art collector that would do something through Christie's, I, I have a feeling we're going to we're going to get some some big, uh, big collectors out of it. Um, yeah, guys, you think, have, I mean, whales, yeah. whales have been around way before NFTs. This is not, this is not a new phenomenon. They just they didn't have their own called, Twitter handle. Yeah, and, yeah they were right. called, and they were called kings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're either super secretive uh, about it or really, really flamboyant about it. There wasn't, there wasn't one or there wasn't people in between. Uh, uh, but, but, but now speak about transparency, like people have to be really careful too, because it's still that same, either super secretive or super public. But every once in a while, one of those whales makes a move and people go, oh shit, we know who that person is now. And uh, you yeah. know exactly what's in their wallet. And now you have a thousand airdropped NFTs. And <laughs> yeah, so that, that's such a problem. Like I haven't looked at my OpenSea, you know, I've made my accounts very public, the two, the Gennazi account and the Gary V, Gary dot V friends dot ETH. I, because I, because honestly, my favorite part is that everybody can see what I'm doing, yeah. and I actually really struggled with people making up bullshit stories about me in sports cards, saying that I would buy a bunch, pump it, and dump it, and I hadn't sold anything. And I was like, mm. this is this is just bad to bad human behavior, worrying about the wrong shit, tearing down other people. And that was one of the things that was very attractive to me about this space. When I really got into it and started meeting a lot of people, they were all anonymous. I was having Zooms with people fucking having a punk cover to their yeah, face. Same. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going the other way. I'm going to fucking make sure everybody knows everything I'm doing. Uh, and I love that um, because I play so long. I'm not looking to day trade. Of course, I'm happy to, you know, I'm a collector and flipper at heart. I'll do a little something, but it's not my main strategy. Anyway, nonetheless, it's really this airdrop phenomenon with Polygon and all that is a real not fun thing. I've literally, literally stopped looking at my account and I was looking at it 14 times a day, kind of looking at offer, like completely checked out because I'm getting airdropped hundreds and hundreds of those things and they're tricking people. They're trying to trick people into thinking I'm buying them yeah, and, I was, and I was hiding yeah. them. And now, I mean, who has time? I mean, it would literally take me yeah. two hours a day to hide. Well, that's the thing. I was explaining to people. I did a the first time I did a board ape takeover on on blockchain and booze, where like we all used our ape faces and stuff. We did a little hang session. I did an airdrop to every single ape holder of the speaker graphic, and there was like fifteen super noisy people calling me an asshole for doing this airdrop that cost me thousands of dollars. I was like experimenting, learning myself. They're calling me an ass for for sending this junk mail, right? And I went well. Just burn it. I'll give you the money to send it back to me, whatever you want. And I was like telling these people, but what's interesting is it's, it's sort of analogous to the SEC thing because what's happening now with spammers and this sort of good, um, you know, this, this idea that 
you know, doing things right means, means asking for permission in advance. What you're doing is you're sort of hurting people who want to do good stuff, who want to, let's say like, you know, let's say we decided right now we we're going to airdrop something to every V friend holder. And I could do that, right? Cause it's all transparent. I could figure that out today and it would be something good. I'm sure. Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not selling shit. I'm not, I'm not shilling mm -hmm. anything like that. And so, but, but what'll happen is that we'll go, well, there's too many people spamming people right now. Let's not also be another spammer. And so that actually stops people from getting a good project versus the bad one. So I'm glad OpenSea is starting and some of the other guys are starting to create some ways to hide the, the junk. But in crypto, like I look at my wallet, go look, Alon.eth, years of just shit NFTs, crazy tokens named all sorts of offensive things or, or trying to trick me into swapping my Uniswap tokens and doing things like that. I got the people's potato in my wallet. I don't know what that is, right? Like uh, <laughs> it just, it just is what it is, but it's part, it's, it's a feature, not a bug, right? In the end, right. good things are going to come from this. Somebody asked also like, how can, can, can a project like find a way to lock a token that was stolen from someone? They could, but then it would not be the kind of token Correct. that it, is. It, would, it would defeat the whole purpose of, of the rest of the security. It I, I need to run, yeah. Uh, and I'm very grateful for this time together. Noah, great to see you again, as always. Very excited about the first. I will leave with this, which is when new shit happens, people either decide to go all in on yes or all in on no. If you're somebody who's historically gone on all in on no, your framework is fear and insecurity, which is incredibly, what triggers for me on that is not judgment, it triggers compassion. If, if you're finding yourself going no, but you're intrigued by this, this is a time of courage of not being scared to fail. It, so many people have not gone down the rabbit hole here because their mother or best friend said, this is stupid, it's a scam. Uh, the amount of people that have emailed and DM me sad that they didn't buy a B-friend because they had the ETH and at 11.59, their father or their girlfriend or their boyfriend or somebody talked them out of it and they went from buying something for 2,000 bucks that now sells for $100,000 to not. And, and I always say dying on your own sword is far more interesting than getting killed by someone else's sword. Like people need to lead, lean into their conviction. This is a really, really important time. And I hope people um, take advantage of it. If you're watching this right now, it's very simple. If you are a human being watching this right now, you are sitting at the forefront of information that the majority of the 7.7 .7 billion people on earth have no idea what you're talking about. 100%. These are moments in time. Please, please execute with, with a lack of fear and focus yes. on trying to eliminate regret. Yes, 1,000%. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Noah. Guys, is there one single place we can point people to, to a plug, a place? Where should they go? Follow Gary at Gary B. Just go to the internet. I'll find you. <laughs> hey, Christy's I'm, on, I'm, on Twitter. I'm, hey. on, I'm at non-fungible Noah on, on Twitter. That, that's Perfect. where you find there me. There you go. Here's guy. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. One quick thing I'm going to throw up here again. If you are here, there will be an opportunity for you to turn on your camera, hang out at a table, and, uh, and hang with us. So feel free to, uh, to do that and uh, to, to, to join us. Um, and uh, I would love, love to sit at a table and get to, uh, get to meet you. I'll see you, you everyone over there. See you, see you over there. Thank you so much, everybody. Also, LA Blockchain Summit in November.
It's our eighth annual. See, I was looking for that earlier. Please join us. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an awesome day. Another shout out to uh, Reaper and Boring Stone Magazine. How epic is that shit? Uh, Thanks, everyone. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.